1: A feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. You don't drink coffee in the morning?
2: I don't. I don't drink coffee at all, actually. Really? I don't like hot drinks that much. I prefer (laughs) cold
1: water. What about... uh, Okay, then. What about cold brew coffee?
2: Never been a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Not for me. (laughs)
1: Uh, we actually have a coffee coming out in australia talking about bucket list hunts earlier this company in australia is called dog and gun coffee and uh, the australians like supposedly their light roasts and their darkest roast is called a sambar uh, is, is yeah it's the sambar they've got different animals as their, do- as their coffee roasts mm-hmm. and i told them i said you need a darker roast we're going to call it black death Ooh. like the buffalo the yep. Cape buffalo and it's got a Cape k-buffalo on it it's coming out in like three months oh that's cool yeah so yeah. people are pretty excited and he's like i can't believe people are excited for a darker roast here in australia i said sean just listen to me <laughs> come on very nice i was going to start this podcast um with a question I'll, and i'll start uh, i'll just use the question right now oh okay. just to like get it out of the way Austin, awesome. well why don't you introduce yourself before i ask the question Okay.
2: My name is Austin Atkinson. I live in southern Utah in Cedar City. Work full time for the Hunt and Fool magazine and service company. Most importantly, I'm married and have six children. Damn it. Under the age of. I knew you were a better man than mine. (laughs) Me. Man, I could only handle two. I was done. Like, Well, I don't know if I can handle them yet, but (laughs) my oldest is only nine. Wow. Plenty of children running around. You You get plenty of sleep in your house. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> plenty of crying in the night. you got to get up and help somebody. There's plenty of them, but they're good friends, and we really enjoy awesome. southern Utah.
1: Awesome. So the question I wanted to ask you, trail camera ban just got put in place in Utah. Are you pro or against trail camera ban?
2: Pro or against? Oh, you went right for the question. Why not? <clears throat> why why not? not?
1: Just get it over and done
2: with. I will say that I have I've followed it from the beginning, um, over a year and a half ago, when legislation started coming up. And so I've had plenty of time to think about it, to evaluate myself, to evaluate our state.
1: And I followed closely Arizona's ban, which just went into effect January 1st. And FYI, we have a lot, Blood Origins has a lot of haters in Arizona because of our trail camera stance. And I'm saying this in... in Air quotes that everyone can see on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> um, because we never took a position, nor will we take a position with Utah. We'll just say where we, we feel like we sit in terms of thought pattern, sure, process around it. Um, and that we gave the commissioners a voice early on. That was a that was a big no no, according to <laughs> the haters. Uh, to answer your
2: question, Robbie, I will say um, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the ban. Um, I think sometimes we're easy to jump on different sides of the fence and form opinions probably before we have really thought about it. Mm-hmm. And I will say I'm I'm for it now. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be an outright advocate fighting everybody sure, and sure. try to change their minds, sure. but I'm willing to deal with it mm-hmm. and I'm okay with it.
1: So let's now, since we know where you, you stand, let's rewind the clock a little bit. Let's okay. give everyone a little bit of context of almost like how did we get here? Like how did the Utah DNR Get to the point where they're like all right we're going to do this
2: and i think that's misunderstood and i'll say i'm i'm definitely not a political genius and nor do i follow politics and how legislation and governments work as closely as i should um but in the hunting space we have to realize who is actually managing wildlife and it's different in every state mm-hmm. so we have our legislation we have our house and our senate for the state which and you
1: typically do not want managing wildlife typically
2: you do not Mm -hmm. right and and so there's been a lot of talk just over the last few weeks that says this is legislation you know this is a liberal ideology this is not right when the fact is the guys who voted on this on our wildlife board in utah are hunters are sportsmen and so this
1: is not a legislation piece. do you have any commissioners that are quote-unquote non-hunters
2: they are all involved in the outdoors. They are all involved as either hunters, ranchers, farmers, guides. Uh, so we have a pretty good mix, but they're all very versed in the outdoors. Okay. Uh, the commission is just seven members with the director sitting as their assistant. Okay. So what happened over a year ago is House Bill 295 was the viral House Bill of last year's legislative session. That was introduced and sponsored by a member of the RAC, which is the Regional Advisory Council in Northern Utah. Okay. He sits on the House Committee, and he also sits on a REC which advises the Wildlife Board. Okay. He introduces House Bill 295, and the two main parts of that were banning all trail cameras with a season date and banning baiting, uh, all baiting of big game. Through a legislative process. This was legislation, mm-hmm. right? which they do when they feel that something is not being handled at the Wildlife Board level
1: or the DNR level, it can go legislation and they can change like, the code. like New Mexico voting to ban trapping. Didn't right. happen at the commission level. It happened at the state government legislative level.
2: And it's, and it's dangerous. Look at wolves in Colorado. 100%. You start legislation, pretty soon you can get something on a ballot. Now it's up to public vote from non-hunters and hunters alike. 100%. So it's dangerous. What this did is it set in motion... A couple of things, and the house bill was later modified and amended to only ban baiting, and that's how it passed. The trail camera portion was removed, and it was designated that the Wildlife Board of DNR would be able to mm. manage trail cameras. Mm-hmm. So the Wildlife Board is now on the hook to do something. Okay. A lot of people think this was just brought up out of thin air. It was not. The Wildlife Board was directed to manage
1: and restrict trail cameras in some form. The whole baiting issue... Blew my mind when it came up. It's just not something you think about in Utah. It's a southeast corn deer yeah, yeah. scenario. And I was like, people paid in Utah? And somebody told me, oh, they, like, people get barrels of apples and just like dump them. Or semi-truck loads of apples. <laughs> it's crazy.
2: Anyway, <laughs> it, side note. No, but that's a, that's a big part of this because a lot of this Cameras talk that's tied to going baiting. on yeah. is that's not going on. Or it's not as prevalent as you mm. might think. When in reality, it is. Wow. Uh, baiting was a very big deal in Utah, especially southern Utah. You, you've got an arid state mm-hmm. with very little water source, very little food. And when you have bad winters or you have bad drought years, bait is essential to killing, especially those early season deer and elk. So baiting was a bigger issue than maybe was previously thought, especially by outsiders that aren't from Utah.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
2: So baiting's banned by legislation. You cannot bait big, big game. For hunting in wildlife code, trail cameras was passed on to the wildlife board, and they asked the DNR or Division of Wildlife to survey: What do the people really want? Mm. So it went to public comment right out of the gate. The DNR ran two surveys, said what do people want with trail cameras? What do they want with all these emerging technologies? Who did that
1: survey get sent to?
2: So that survey got sent to about 10,000
1: hunters. Registered hunters. hunters in the state of Utah or in the across Utah. the United States?
2: It could go to non-residents or residents. Okay. It was equally split, but only those that had purchased licenses in the past in Utah. Okay, makes sense. But it did not go to non-hunters. It did not go to non consumptives You know, I know I all. didn't get one.
1: I know that I have purchased a license in Utah because of you know, to get points and whatnot. But
2: you know, they're, they're careful to not over-survey. Mm. in Utah. So it yeah, got sent that makes to sense.
1: It wasn't Yeah, that that was a, that makes sense because it wasn't just 10,000 people who wanted to apply for tags in Utah. There was right. a lot more than There's that. There's a lot more.
2: Yeah. So what they do is look at the demographics of who responded to the survey. As long as their sample size appears legitimate mm-hmm. and equally balanced, then they say this is an accurate representation of all our hunters in Utah and they go ahead. So they present all these survey results to the Wildlife Board of DWR and they said, what, what do you want us to do? And they actually instructed them to do an additional survey that was more targeted on trail cameras, which they ran late last summer. The results of that survey were made public, and now the division comes up with a recommendation that they pass back to the wildlife board to make do the Do you decision. remember what
1: those survey results were?
2: A lot of them were split about 50-50. It was very interesting. So they asked specifically, how do you feel about transmitting trail cameras? they already made that distinction in the code. There's a transmitting or cellular trail camera. But that's banned already, right? That wasn't up
1: for debate. Uh,
2: no, that was not banned. It was still legal. Oh really, still you could
1: still do cellular cameras in the state of Utah? Season. Yes. Gotcha. So they
2: conflicted both of those topics by asking about transmitting in the same survey as asking about non-transmitting or regular cameras. Mm. And so what we saw in the survey is that most people were against transmitting trail cameras during the season felt it was an unfair advantage you were not in place and you could receive updates 24 hours a day right Right. by means of a cellular transmission so what they did is the division of wildlife decided and recommended back to the wildlife board that all transmitting trail cameras should be banned during the hunting season so july 31st through january 31st that was the recommendation and so the Wildlife Board had that recommendation in front of them. And what it does is it goes to the five regions in the state of Utah to a regional council where you can go co- make public comment. Okay. Where you can submit comment online or you can speak at the meeting. Mm-hmm. Say this is how we feel about the division's recommendation. The division said nothing about regular trail cameras. That's where a lot of this buzz around this band come into effect. Interesting. Is the survey results... We're split 50, 50, 60, 40. Okay. As far as what Banting. should we do with regular trail cameras? Okay. Overwhelmingly, people said, okay, the transmitting's probably not fair. Sure. Take it away. Yeah. But the regular trail cameras, it was split. And this is where you could get into are we jealous sometimes of those that can afford more cameras than us? Yeah. Are we, should we restrict the regular trail cameras just because it's not the way you hunt? Right, but it may be the way the next guy hunts, mm-hmm. and he's used to using those regular trail cameras. So they went around the five meetings, in the five regions of the state. Two of the regions out of the five recommended to ban all trail cameras. Okay, when they voted, the other three said just transmitting. Just transmitting. It went to the wildlife board first week of January, and the wildlife board voted to ban all trail cameras, July 31st modified to December 31st as the end date cannot use them during the hunting season four
1: take or eight in the take do you think that there was a consideration of if we just did transmitting trail cameras maybe someone can slip in a transmitting trail cameras because there's going to be still 30 cameras sitting there one of which could be transmitting let's just in terms of a law enforcement you know, to e- to make it as easy as possible from a law enforcement perspective, we just need to get rid of them all.
2: You know, that was a question brought up at multiple meetings that was asked to the chief law enforcement. Would it be easier to manage a ban on all cameras just to make it easy? Because once a transmitting camera sends that picture, it's it's really hard, especially if the metadata is ripped out of there. That that picture looks the same as a regular camera's picture. Correct. Right? Picture is a picture. If the date stamp is during the hunting and season. someone
1: says, I, you know, exactly.
2: I picked this camera up. I didn't receive it cellular. It's a little bit hard. And of course, the burden of proofs on them. They mm-hmm. have to prove that you mm-hmm. use that camera or that image to mm-hmm. take the picture, find mm-hmm. the animal and mm-hmm. kill it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's make be sure to clarify something because I think a lot of people, um, they, they, they confuse things. There's an outright ban on trail cameras, July 31st to December 31st, for the take of wildlife. That's right. Not you know, for the viewing of wildlife.
2: 100% true. And so the question comes up, how can they do this on private
1: land? That's mm. come up quite a bit. You know, sure, is that's this, a bit of an overreach, hey? Is this public land? Is this private land? I want to manage the deer herd on my land, and now I can't through understanding the inventory of the animals that I have. And I get that through trail cameras. Right, and I think we have to look back at how
2: wildlife is managed in many western states. As opposed to you know, a, a whitetail primarily dominated state. Yeah. Where the state still owns the animals. Even if it does eat and live and breeds on mm-hmm. your private land. You do not get to choose how you harvest that animal. Mm-hmm. You still must have a state tag. Mm-hmm. You must follow certain rules. You can't go mm-hmm. hunt at night just because mm-hmm. it's private land. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's, that's the same in whitetails. You can't do that kind of stuff. Right, and that's how they push into private land on regulation. Even though it's your land and you may own it and you may keep that deer alive, the state can tell, tell, tell you how you can hunt. You can't just hunt however you want. Makes sense. And that's how they can say no trail cameras on your private land for taking or aid in taking wildlife, period. You can still run cameras on private land. You can monitor your gates. You can monitor your water troughs. You can monitor your agriculture operations. But if you use those images to take wildlife, you've now broken the law.
1: Has DNR, because I haven't looked into Arizona. I know Arizona was going to give some very clear clarifications around the the definition of take. Mm -hmm. Okay. Has Utah given the definition of take, i.e., for instance, if I took an image... It's going to be very hypothetical. <laughs> I took an image in a basin in April of a buck. I happened to, I gave that image to you. Mm-hmm. You happened to take that buck in October in that basin. Here's where I think a season makes
2: more sense, and I'll, I'll give you my answer. So in Utah, we've set this season of July 31st through December 31st what that does to me is it allows you to use images from outside the season of that season as long as the image is generated and used and outside of the season that doesn't fall all within the fall that does help that it helps arizona if i was a law enforcement officer in arizona you've created a little bit of can of worms because now
1: unless they defined it all do you know if they defined it all Take is defined for sure, yeah, take is defined. I know that the commissioner said that they were going to these these scenarios they were going to go look if you took a if a picture was taken six months before that then it wasn't considered take or something like that right? To, right to sort of take the ambiguity but I think what it does is say you had a
2: picture in Arizona last year and then you drew a tag this year and you were going to go try to hunt that animal, you'd be fine because the band didn't start till January first mm. but When you start anything forward in Arizona, like they said, well, if you have a tag next year, it could be said you're not hunting, you know, this year. And so you could still run cameras and maybe you don't have a tag, so you're not attempting to take. But if I was an investigator on that, if you use any picture Mm -hmm. from January 1st, 2022 in Arizona forward
1: Mm -hmm. in any year, Mm -hmm. that
2: could be said you use that Mm -hmm. camera to target that animal. Yeah,
1: I hope they give some more clarification to that because... It's certainly needed. But I think you taught it right. I think the fact that you just, that clears so much grayness that, okay, if you've got an image out, if you've got an image July 30th, yep. it was prior to the ban, the, the and you can use it. You could use it. You could. It's not within that season. And what this
2: allows, it still allows uh, lion hunters, cougar hunters, and spring bear hunters to use cameras in the spring. Outside gotcha. of that fall season, they can use them. They yeah. could even use transmitting cameras in that time, yeah, yeah. and that would still be fine. This is strictly a fall season mm-hmm. ban. It's very similar to Nevada, mm-hmm. and outside of that season, you can do what you'd like. Okay.
1: So, going back to the original question, so you got this ban in place, and you're okay with this ban. Like, why philosophically are you okay with it?
2: It's a social issue, right? That's been brought up multiple times. The Division of Wildlife, they do help us set code on how we can hunt, methods of take. But really they're in charge of biological issues. Grow with some animals, manage harvest success, manage hunter satisfaction, but the animal is king. Mm -hmm. The animal species, that's the most important. Right. For an issue like this, where this is mainly a social issue. How do I want to hunt? How am I okay with other people hunting? What makes me feel good? I know Arizona pushed the fair chase mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, fair chase, I don't know what y- how you believe that. But well, fair Boone chase and
1: Crockett, Pope and Young, National Deer Association, do not believe trail cameras, not transmitting, but right. normal trail cameras do not um, break the, break fair, the fair, fair chase effect. Yeah. They believe it's still fair chase. They do. They also
2: say on that same fair chase affidavit that you sign... That radios or use of telecommunication does break the fair chase model. Using a GPS collar on a dog, you know, radioing a location of an animal to a hunter does break it. Okay. Which is also legal to use radios in most states still. Mm-hmm. So we're not quite in line with the models that have been wrote by Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young. We're not quite in line yet, I would say. Okay. But to your point, trail cameras are not on those fair chase affidavits. So, is it fair chase to use a trail camera? That's the debate, right? Mm-hmm. Me personally, I say fair chase with a transmitting trail camera. No, I would say that is not fair chase. Yeah, You have the ability to be sitting at home in your bed, receive an image that an animal has walked into this water hole, and get there within a few minutes, maybe, mm-hmm. and kill that animal while it's still there drinking water. Right. That, to me, is not fair, right. personally. Agreed. I don't have the right or the ability or desire to push my feelings of ethics and fair chase onto you, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think we should try to do that as
1: a hunting community. Have you not, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that do run trail cameras, not, not transmitting, but normal trail cameras, that very rarely does the trail camera lead to the harvest of an animal. What have you heard? My answer to that would be
2: those that say that don't have enough trail cameras oh. or haven't used them effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been privy to a lot of conversations. I work as a guide in multiple states. Trail cameras are used probably more than the average hunter thinks, uh, especially Arizona, southern Utah. It's very dry, very arid. You have the ability to canvas an entire unit sometimes, with every water source, every natural mineral lick, every place salt, you can find the animals. You can pattern them in a, in a very convenient way. Mm-hmm. Now, the average guy that has 20 or 30 cameras isn't going to be able to do that. But there's a lot of outfitters that are running thousands, no literally way. thousands of cameras. Thousand cameras? Thousands. And with the cost of hunts these days, you can afford to pay that guy Or pay multiple guys to check those cameras year-round. There's guys on salary. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's all they do? And that's all they do
2: is check cameras. It is a very, very big part of their business. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of the guys, like in Arizona, when the trail cam ban was announced, they said, you know, we're okay with that. We're still a guide. We're still an outfitter. And we're going to be the best. Mm -hmm. Tell us what sandbox we have to play in and we're going to learn how to play the best correct and they're okay with it right it's going to save them a lot of batteries a lot of sd cards (laughs) and a lot of time not checking it and they're still going to find the best bucks best bulls yeah in the state even without it yeah but it is i've spent a lot of time on the strip i've seen what that can do spent a lot of time in southern utah where there are i've never seen 30
1: cameras on a tree Mm -hmm. as people like to say 300 cameras yeah 300 cameras around a waterhole it's like, guys, just stop, like, exaggerating. <laughs> that's why I pushed you on the 1,000 cameras, yes. you know?
2: That is not an exaggeration, I will tell you that. But I have seen 15 cameras on a water source, mm. and it, that's very common. And the more hype, the more um, desire there is to kill the very best, especially if you start getting statewide tags involved or conservation mm-hmm. tags, the more targeted they're going to be. Mm. And you can find that animal. With enough trail
1: cameras do you think the removal of trail cameras is a a chip into our our I'll use what the word the words that people typically use instead of what I would say the our hunting rights mm. it's an erosion of our our you know it's that death by a thousand cuts which is i believe is true that they believe this is a cut into that granite rock that is hunting in the middle and it's another chip against us you know i i would say if it was legislation
2: anytime legislation decides something that is probably how i feel like they are eating
1: away at my right to be a free american but did they when it okay, let's play okay. that out let's play that okay. out if it was legislatively done did it truly infringe on your right to hunt no I would say no.
2: It, it did not. But it never happened. It didn't me. happen, yeah. yeah. But to your point, that's how it feels. Is this a chip mm-hmm. away at the way I want to hunt? Are they going to take everything away from me and put me out there with a loincloth and a spear? <laughs> that I will say that is not anybody's intent. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the wildlife board process, it's a democratic feel you know to our process we have. But it's among sportsmen and a division of wildlife. It is not among non-hunters. We have very little non-consumptive support or participation in our councils in Mm -hmm. Utah. So we can manage how we want, and we can also reverse things. Mm -hmm. For example, we put scopes back on muzzleloaders just six years ago. Really? Utah voted to allow variable power scopes on muzzleloaders. Six years ago, how many people had long-range muzzleloaders? We didn't have many. Mm -hmm. Now we'll put a 30 power scope on a muzzleloader and we become very effective at killing at extreme distances with muzzle muzzleloaders. We can
1: take that restriction back. We can reverse it. Have you seen that happen? Because that's one of the arguments that I heard in Arizona is that once it's in place, there's no way they're going to reverse it. I'm like, well, that's the reason why you didn't go legislatively. Legislatively, it's very difficult that's to very reverse. Difficult. But at the commission level, you would hope... And I don't know, again, there may be an example in Utah, but you would hope that they put something in place like trail cameras, two years' worth of data come in, hey, guys, this isn't working, or hey, we need to adapt, hey, we need to change, hey, we need to... And that process allows that change. So are you saying in Utah something has been put in place and reversed five years later? I would say yes.
2: We see it all the time on our management of the animals. So every year... We get to vote on management plans, on how we hunt deer, elk, what management structure we want. Do we want this managed for higher age, class, or lower? And Utah constantly changes that up and down. We think we're going to allow hunting That's in a good September, then a we're really not. That's a good example.
1: Then we're not, then, and we change, and there's a public process to do that. Everyone gets fixated on the, like the trail camera, the scopes, the gun kind of deal, but you're right. Wildlife regulations are constantly changing based on data.
2: And I think what scared everybody out of this January meeting a little bit is it was brought up at the end of the meeting that we want the division to look at all emerging technologies or all new technology and let's set up a committee and let's look at some rules. And that made some people say, oh, no, they are going to take away my rangefinders and my long range guns. Mm-hmm. They're trying to mm-hmm. chip away at this. I would say that's not true. We can be involved in the process. Right. But we do need to look at that. Every now and then, you need to check yourself. Yeah. We need to check us individually, and as a hunting community, we need to check ourselves. Yeah. See, are we running within the walls and the parameters that we feel we should? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you say, there's not a perfect fair chase example out there. There's not a perfect, this is how you should hunt. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, we all want to hunt. The supply is stagnant or decreasing, and the demand is exponentially
1: Exponentially increasing. Exponentially increasing, right. Yeah, you know, I, I really, I hate the, you know, people will always lump in, oh, you took away my trail cameras, what are you going to take away next? you going take my my scopes, you're going to take away my rangefinders, you're going to take away my long-range rifle. And we talked about this yesterday. To me, I split that verse as efficiency versus effectiveness. Trail cameras, in my mind, make you more of an efficient hunter. I.e., I'm not going to spend five days out there because I have a trail camera that's telling me I need to just focus in this area, and I'm only going to spend two days. I.e., you're more efficient yep. because you didn't didn't need to spend as much time out there. You're you're not as you're not canvassing as much ground anymore. You're very much focused, so I.e., you're more efficient. When a non-hunter hears efficient, they could equate that as cheating. They could right. equate that as, well, really, that doesn't make any sense. Hunting, by definition is 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 baked in chase is baked in pursuit is baked in failure and being more efficient again be very clear i'm saying efficient not effective (laughs) efficient almost goes against that um but effectiveness to me a scope a rangefinder a long-range rifle a very precise muzzle loader is a very effective tool for hunting which means i'm more lethal with that tool because of that technology. And when I'm more lethal, I will likely take the animal's life more ethically, i.e. kill it quicker, okay? Kill it without pain, Mm -hmm. kill it without wounding it, killing without, and people can debate that. Well, long range, you you know, the the chance of you wounding something really goes up. I haven't seen the data to show that, so you're just, you know, one opinion versus another at this point. So that's where i stand efficiency versus effectiveness now i appreciate that perspective and i
2: i think you're right Uh, a trail camera is an efficient way to spend your time scouting Mm -hmm. and so the the debate could be said that we are still allowing cameras in utah through the winter through the spring through the summer until july 31st you can scout you Mm -hmm. can in some regards, be more efficient with your time Mm -hmm. once you draw that tag before hunting season. But everything's taken off the table after that, and therefore you cannot be efficient or effective during the hunting season with a trail camera. But you
1: can hear how it sounds, right? Like, you're bitching and moaning. This is me just getting on a little bit of a soapbox. You're bitching and moaning that they took away my right to use trail cameras. So you're bitching and moaning that they've taken away the idea of it making it easier for you to hunt
2: really as a hunter let's take your effectiveness and efficiency let me ask you about airplanes yeah a lot of people say no one uses airplanes to find animals well probably more than you think Mm -hmm. right in some states where it's allowed a lot of guys will puff up their parachute new mexico montana and go fly and find that animal is that being efficient like a little
1: paraglider Paraglider. Yep.
2: Helicopters, very common. Um, In Alaska, it's small airplanes. Is that an efficient use of your time to use that airplane Mm -hmm. to not bother animals Mm -hmm. on the ground? Mm -hmm. Are you being efficient? Mm -hmm. Well, using airplanes in Arizona Mm -hmm. and Utah is banned. Mm -hmm. You cannot do that during the season. Mm -hmm. Or does that make you effective Mm -hmm. using an airplane? The airplane's not going to kill the animal. You're not going to shoot from the
1: airplane. Yeah, that's a good
2: point. But we've decided that's not fair that gives you an unfair global view wide angle of where these animals are and therefore you cannot do that Mm -hmm. during the hunting season Mm -hmm. i kind of look at how we've decided on trail cameras the same way it gives you too broad of a view even though you must check them manually it's being overused by those that have the money to buy more cameras place more cameras and therefore we said it's not going to be
1: fair in mm-hmm. the state of Utah and we're not going to allow it. You know, I'll, I'll retract because I'm allowed to because it's an opinion. I'll retract the quit your bitching statement because there's <laughs> one component, and I don't know how prevalent this is, but it is something we have to consider. And that is the blue-collared guy mm-hmm. who works his ass off, not rich, can't afford You know, an outfitter in the strip. Right. He's been working for 25 years, finally draws his strip tag. He has three days to hunt. You would think if he draws the strip, he'd have more than three days to hunt. But (laughs) using this hypothetical example, he has three days to hunt every year or five days to hunt. He's a very, very limited time. And he wants to make the, as efficient of a time as possible, right? Yep. And trail cameras really helps do that. Now, I don't know how big of a percentage of the population that is, but that is certainly a, a, a segment of the population that you don't want to ostracize. You know, a lot of times, from my observation, that
2: guy would love to run a couple cameras. Right? He saves up, he places them in really nice spots. But that's also the same guy who has been complaining that Every water hole he used to hunt with his dad back in the day is canvassed mm. by Outfitter A or Outfitter B. And they are overrunning his area. They're back deep in the wilderness, placing 20 cameras, placing everything they can to canvas the deer or the elk that he was intending to hunt. So a lot of our comments that we received in Utah were, I'm tired of seeing cameras all over every water hole." There's not a chance. Right. A lot of the comments from the landowners and the ranchers were people are breaking the law they're breaking my water lines they're making their own water sources because they intend to use cameras and so the ranching community a lot of them said please take cameras away for hunting they would like to see it year-round just so that we were not in there messing with mm-hmm. it now i know we're talking about a few bad apples sure but it's a bigger problem when you but go the in. bad
1: apples in hunting tend to have the loudest voices <laughs> a lot of times and they do they gain the most <laughs> attention Yep. Unfortunately, And especially in that regard with the, the anti-hunting, non-hunting community.
2: And, and I will say, Robbie, I think it's important. I'm a younger guy. I love technology. Mm. I, But if you give me my boundaries, and we're talking legal versus illegal, I will push the limits right up to the edge of that fence. Sure. You tell me I can use a scope on a muzzleloader, I'm going to figure out how to shoot 600 yards. Mm-hmm tell me I can use a rangefinder, I'm going to buy the best one I can afford to shoot the furthest. But if you say, "Hey, this is a primitive weapon hunt," you can't do that. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah. And I think that's the mentality we need to take as we go from state to state. I hunt a lot of different states. You can't use certain things in some states, you can in another. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's part of the chase and part of the hunt for me. I don't feel like my rights are being stripped away. I feel like it's been made harder for me so that I will either have less success, more enjoyment, more difficulty, whatever it may be, that's my hunt, and I'll play in that. Yeah. But I, I'm going to learn to enjoy it, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to just sit and complain or try to break the law or you know, push the limits.
1: Awesome. Anything else on your heart that oh. we didn't cover?
2: <laughs> There's lots of things, but I think in Utah, a lot of people have said, I feel like this was not on the agenda they were not supposed to do this it was supposed to be transmitting only and therefore I withheld my comments and I didn't say anything because I didn't think you were going to take me my trail cameras and I would just say to those people you are not responsible to be informed that's not how our democracy works they don't call me from the senate office and say hey we're going to vote today how do you think no it's my responsibility to look it up to follow the process to comment to show up to the meetings and if you don't do that you don't have a right to complain in my mind afterwards that's that's truly how I feel and that goes with anything legislatively mm-hmm. with the wildlife board in any aspects of our life if you don't voice your opinion you don't take part in the process you don't have a right to complain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sorry that's just how I feel yeah. if you want to change it there's a process to do that and let's get people together petitions are great online you know, groups getting together, that's all great. That's mm-hmm. a part of how it works. But just simply complaining about it because you didn't show up is not the way to do it. Well said. Thanks, Austin. Let's go hunt. Hey, do you want some trail cameras? I got a cheap deal on some.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.